You are listening to Preaching and Teaching on the Man of God Network of Podcasts. This resource combines expositional sermons and lectures from the classroom of Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary to help equip listeners for the work of the ministry. A few observations I want to make initially about why it's so important to study the theology and apologetic of Cornelius Van Til. Uh, Cornelius Van Til, I believe, remains in the 21st century as misunderstood, if not more so, than he was misunderstood in the 20th century. And in the 20th century, there was swirling confusion all around his theology and apologetic, misconstruals and misunderstandings abounded in the 20th century. That not only has not changed in the 21st century, it could be perhaps intensified. And I want to explain to you why that happens. Just give you four. This is off the top of my head. I'll get to my notes here in a while. Uh, first, there is a dearth of interest in the primary source Van Til. People love to read introductions from very reputable scholars. Greg Bonson has a fantastic introduction and overview of Van Til's apologetics, PNR, uh, published it years ago, that uh, gives you some Van Til quotations, but a lot of Bonson explication. John Frame has Van Til an analysis of his thought, and those are useful as guides to understanding Van Til, but what they are not are the actual primary source Van Til books. He needs to be engaged in terms of primary source documentation. You need to find and read Van Til himself and read him thoroughly and as frequently as you're able to do. And that hasn't happened. And when that doesn't happen, it is so easy to misunderstand Van Til or insert things that might not be central in his theology or apologetics. Um, a second uh, reason why Van Til is so misunderstood, those who either by name or in spirit advocate for Van Til in certain ways have in recent years published material that departs from some of the central structures in Van Til's system of theology. I'm going to interact with them uh, sometime tomorrow or possibly early Saturday, but the work of John Frame in his reconfiguration of God's two existences in his Doctrine of God is one example of a departure from Van Til. Um, God with us, Majesty of the Mystery, Reasons for Faith, publications by K. Scott Oliphant, have uh, developed a doctrine of an ignorant and mutable and developmental deity who has a covenantal mind that doesn't know the future, among other things, which I'll, I'll talk about. Those are men who, in varying ways, have given some form of allegiance to Van Til over the past 30 years. To be fair to frame in his uh, Van Til's analysis of his thought, he acknowledges he's probably the friendliest critic of Van Til. Uh, so Frame has never come out and said, 
I understand myself to be a deep structure, card-carrying, methodologically self-conscious Ventilian. He never said that, per se, but he did uh, promote Van Til's theology and apologetic in a measured way. Oliphant has uh, presented himself as a robust, thoroughgoing Ventilian, and um, has even presented in his published writings the idea that covenantal properties are somehow an organic extension of Van Til's own theology proper. And when people understand what some of these men, like Frame or Oliphant, are doing, two existences, eternal and temporal with frame, or two kinds of attributes, essential and covenantal with oliphant. People see that and say, if that's being done in the name of Van Til, then it must be an organic extension of what Van Til teaches, and that causes people to do one of two things. First, it causes them radically to misunderstand Van Til. Van Til doesn't teach those kinds of distinctions. But if he did, um, if people are reading some of his expositors who make these distinctions and then attribute them, at least in Oliphant's case, to Van Til himself, that drives people away from Van Til into different forms of classical theism, uh, Thomism or other uh, uh, views that don't compromise the immutability and simplicity of God. So the, those are two reasons why Van Til is, is misunderstood. People aren't reading the primary sources, and secondly, those who ostensibly seem supportive of Van Til have in their published writings over the past 30 years departed significantly and profoundly from the most basic distinction in his theology, the immutable creator in relation to the mutable creature. Uh, third, uh, and I'm going to talk about this extensively on Saturday, we will need perseverance for this, but there has been a rise, particularly in the past, I'm just going to date it the last 15 years, a rise in the interest in what's called Reformed Thomism, uh, pioneered by John Patrick Donnelly, Richard Muller, arguments that Thomism and Calvinism can be synthesized in various ways, or Thomas can be retrieved, and his system of theology can be made to cohere with a system of Reformed theology. And the I think a lot of the reason why that's happened is that you have otherwise uh, robust Vantillians, or, or people who have been supportive of Vantill for 20 years, um, moving more in the direction of open theism, people see that and they say, I'm not going, and with good reason. Open theism is heresy. I hope I'm not, I don't want to offend anyone, but it's just not, it's a heresy. Uh, so it's, it's, it's 21st century Socinianism. Um, and, and people justly see that, and so what do they do? They react and say, well, if I can't go back to Van Til because he enables this, I'm going to migrate to an ancient medieval form that, of theology that affirms the absoluteness and simplicity and immutability of God. And so there's been a, a rise of a, of a quote-unquote retrieval movement interested in recovering the theology of Aquinas. And that has drawn otherwise good Calvinistic theologians, covenant theologians, Calvinists toward traditional Thomism, and toward traditional Roman Catholicism. So I'm going to spend 
I don't know how many hours, but a good bit of time talking to you from some primary sources about Thomas's system and about its implications for um, natural theology, natural knowledge of God, methodology, uh, image of God. We're going to cover a good bit of that. I think it's important. A fourth thing that, that has happened, uh, I would say this one is probably over the last 40 years with the work of Bruce McCormick and George Hunsinger and Paul Molnar and others. There's been a renaissance of Barth, Bart studies. The theology of Karl Barth has loomed large in American evangelical theology. McCormick's uh, doctoral work that he published, uh, The Critically Realistic Dialectical Theology of Karl Barth, uh, really kind of charted the course for a renaissance in Barth studies. And one of the things that is so critical about Barth is that he denied that God in himself remains immutable and simple and absolute in his relation to the creature. And he posited the full-orbed correlativity of God and man sharing a common time, God's time for us, in the Christ event. Gone is the affirmation of an infinite, eternal, immutable, simple God who reveals himself in Christ. In its place, Bart puts a tertium quid, a God and a man who are in a common time becoming together the event of Jesus Christ, of revelation and reconciliation. And the reason why this is so uh, important for us is many influenced by that line of thinking see Bart as completing the Reformation, as advancing Calvin, as safeguarding the Reformed faith from the errors of rationalistic Protestant scholasticism, ethically oriented liberalism, and obscurantist fundamentalism. Bart is the way forward. He's the conservative breath of fresh air for those who don't want to be rational scholastics or liberal um, um, uh, exemplarists. And so, and some of you might know Van Til wrote a little bit about Bart. Uh, so, so for, with those, and I'm going to talk to you also then about Bart some, uh, because and I guess this is my fifth point, there are some, especially in the work of John Webster. How many of you, have you heard of or, or looked into some of his work? Webster uh, is probably someone who has occasioned the retrieval of some species of Thomism joined to some species of Bardianism in, a, in an alliance or a retrieval that tries to show the deep structural continuities between them. And so for all these reasons, it's very critical that we engage Van Til. Why? Well, I'm going to give you a thesis. And um, I've made this thesis in various contexts. I've written about it. I've lectured on it. But the thesis is this. Van Til offers a Reformed Trinitarianism joined to a Reformed Federalism that cannot be reconciled with the deeper Catholic conception of Aquinas or the deeper modernist conception of Karl Barth. It's a third thing. It's a tertium quid. 
It is uniquely and distinctively confessionally reformed from its doctrine of the Trinitarian processions to God's covenant with Adam, to the resurrection of Christ, and to the beatitude of the church at the end of the age. It is a comprehensively reformed, programmatically reformed understanding of the creator-creature relation and its implications that cannot be reduced to the creator-creature relation in the system of Thomism or the creator-creature relation in Bart. And so Van Til stands out as unique, not simply as an apologist, but as a Trinitarian theologian. And so what I've been asked to do is talk to you about Van Til's theology, Van Til's apologetic, and try to get into some of the deep structures of Van Til's system of thought. And then as time permits, probably, like I said, tomorrow afternoon or Saturday morning, somewhere in there, talk about alternative systems. Let, let me give you the organization of the course really quickly as we're, as we're getting ready to go. For the next three or maybe four, I'll say, I don't know how long my lectures are gonna go. So the first three main topics, we're going to talk about the Trinity and being, about God in himself, the self-contained, self-sufficient, immutable, ontological Trinity, relations of subsistence, coherence, the nature of the unity of God. We're going to talk about those from Van Til's work. Secondly, we're going to talk about Trinity and revelation, not only about Trinity and being, the, the, the works of God in himself, ad intra, but the works of God outside of himself, God's relation to creation, uh, and particularly, I'm going to spend time looking at, at the nature of God in his revelation and the character of that revelation in creation. And if we have time, at the end of the class, I'm going to talk to you about Van Til's doctrine of the hypostatic union. Uh, it's ambitious to say that, but I'd, I'd like to do it. Third, um, the, the third main section of the course will be alternative systems lack of a better term, not, not very cute. But I'm going to talk about Thomism as a system. I'm gonna to try to help you understand the deep structures of Thomism from its Exodus Redditus model to its doctrine of uh, the image of God and the Donum Superadditum to the function of Christology and the Eucharist and Beatitude. You, once you see it, you can't ever unsee it. Uh, once you see it, and you've understood the Reformed faith, you'll understand what a deep antithesis there is between the deeper Protestant conception and the deeper Roman Catholic conception. The Reformation matters. And then um, third, if I have time, fourth, if I have time after I've talked about those systems, I, I may try to talk to you a little bit about Van Til's apologetical method particularly over against the blockhouse method of traditional Roman Catholicism. That would have happened for sure if I hadn't had my flight canceled and been here so late today. But I've talked to Rex, and that could be, we may wind up doing this, we may do a Zoom session or two from Philly back here 
is in due time to, to just to cover the hours and everything. So we're, we're playing that by ear. So I'm going to try to work on this board as I, as I, as I, um, have had no experience with that. It looks great, but I'm, I'm a little nervous. I'll, I'll do my best. But what I want to do uh, tonight is talk to you. The first lecture is Van Til on the Trinity. And for lack of a better uh, phrase, I put deep structures, the, the basic structures of Trinitarian theology uh, for Van Til. And um, it's important that we do our best to understand Van Til on his own terms. So I'm going to be reading from and quoting Van Til from his primary sources, but I need to make a caveat. Um, and I, I, I want to be as diplomatic as I know how to be. I'm going to quote from the non-edited, non-annotated books that were published from the 50s through about 2000. Uh, my main reason for doing that is that the um, editors and commentators in some of the newer volumes um, are not advancing in their own writings doctrines that are consistent with and congenial to Van Til and in order to avoid confusion, I think it's best to just try to give you the pure, unedited, non-annotated um, Van Til. Now that might be tough for you, but if you have, let me give you this, this tip. If you have the Logos um, on your computer, the Logos software, everything that I've seen to, to my delight, are those original primary sources that have not been annotated and uh, have not, because the pagination with the newer ones differs from the older ones. So if you have that, you can flag it in Logos while I'm lecturing, you can highlight it. I'll try to give you time to do that. But I just want you to know I'll be quoting from Van Til uh, from, from some of those older books, the ones where he has the picture like this, you know? I don't know if you remember them. Um, and one other sidebar, I'll, I'll be very brief. I, I, my dream is within the next decade, and it might be a pipe dream, but it's, I believe it's, it's doable, is to put together a critical edition, hardback, of Ventil's published writings. And uh, something that, that doesn't have commentary or annotations, but something that's uh, a critical uh, manuscript, hardback, and you have his work sitting right there on the shelf. I'm, I'm a big fan of that, and I think I, and especially others who might be helping, I think it can be done. I think it would be useful. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Preaching and Teaching, brought to you by Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary. CBTS is a confessional Reformed Baptist seminary which provides affordable online theological education to help the church in its calling to train faithful men for the gospel ministry. To learn more, visit cbtseminary.org.